Well, good morning, Gateway. It's an honor to be here today to share our story. We just want to say thank you once again for this weekend, for all that you have done, for all that you have given to us. You've been so generous, so kind to us, and we thank you for that from the bottom of our hearts. Today is Father's Day, and I just want to take a moment. My parents have tuned in today to watch from Newfoundland. So I want to say a special happy Father's Day to my dad. It's because of his leadership in my life that, uh, that I am where I am today. He instilled this gospel into me as a little child, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you, Dad. Happy Father's Day, and we love you very much. We want to share our journey with you today. And we've took a scripture from Jeremiah where it speaks of the call of Jeremiah. We've all been created and formed by God for purpose and on purpose. And our journey, our journeys are not the same and nor should they, nor should they be. Jeremiah had his own journey, just like we all have our own journeys with Christ. So this morning, as we take a look at this scripture, we want to lay, lay out our story uh, through this portion of scripture today. And it's from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. I'm reading it from the NIV, but it'll be on the screen for you. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, And said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this opportunity to share your word, to share your faithfulness in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, you speak through us. And Father, we ask that as this word goes forth today, that you will accomplish what you have set for it to do. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. There's a great message in this passage this morning. We want to draw out four areas that we see that lines up with our story. And the first this morning is Jeremiah's call. Before he was formed in his mother's womb, God knew him. Before he was born, God set him apart. He appointed him as a prophet to the nations. And this this too is true for us. At a young age, I knew what God had called me for. I knew that God had made me for a purpose for his glory. And when I was in my teen years, God called me to ministry. I had an application filled out for Bible school because I was so sure that that was what I was supposed to do. But some things had happened. I rebelled. I chose a different road. And for a season in my life, I walked away from that call. 
But it didn't matter where I went or what I'd done. That void was never completely fulfilled. I found my way back to the Lord just after we were married, and that urgency to be involved in the kingdom work and to serve the church was an automatic for me. It was like I'd never gotten away from it because that was what I was created to do. This passage was given to us by a pastor friend of ours in our early years of marriage, and we had no idea what it meant. It seems so out to lunch, but in fact, it's our story in a nutshell. You may say, how are you so sure of this call? How do you know that God has called you? There's a peace that comes when you walk in the perfect will of God for your life. You seek for his guidance and you look for his hand upon your life. I've had many confirmations that have come through people we didn't know and some that we've asked specifically to ask the Lord what he's saying and let us know through what you hear what he's saying to you for us. And before I admitted and submitted to this call in my life completely, I said to Sylvia, I said, contact one of our dear friends that's interceded for us on our behalf for many years. I said, and get her to ask the Lord what he's saying to her for us in this season. And she sent a message. She said, do Jason realize he has a pastoral anointing upon him? And that resonated with my spirit because I knew deep down. Several others have said to me over the years, I believe you're called to pastoral ministry. It's in your future somewhere. And I would just laugh. And we were in a conference in Regina three years ago. And a guy that didn't know us, he took us by the hands and he said, I feel that these hands are hardworking hands. They're rough. They're well worked. But he said, I see a podium in your future. He said, I have no idea what that means. He said, I don't know if it's pastoral, I don't know if that's ministry or what it is, but he said, I see a podium in your future. And I knew what it was, what it was speaking, I knew what he was saying. So God confirms his purposes for our lives through his word. He confirms it through words from his people and many other ways so that we can go in confidence knowing that this is God who has said this to us. When I was a young girl, I was in youth one night. And I was standing in worship, and I felt the Lord speak to me. And I felt him say that I have a call of ministry on your life. During the altar call at that time, I went forward, and I was in worship. And the speaker that was there that night, he came down, and he laid his hands on me, and he prayed over me. And he confirmed what I had just heard from the Lord. After that, I began to have dreams and visions. Dreams of me preaching messages, people being healed and set free. Over the years, I have had many dreams that I know is from the Lord. I was headed to Baba College. I was accepted, but for some reason, I didn't end up going. A while later, I got an application. I was going to apply again, and I met this guy, and we started to date. One day, he looked at me, and he told me, if you go to Baba College, you can kiss my chances with me goodbye. (laughs) So I didn't go, and we ended up getting married. The dreams and the visions kept coming. Obviously, God had more power than I did. (laughs) Next, we want to draw our attention to Jeremiah's initial response. 
He said, O sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Right away, he came up with excuses of why he couldn't do as God had said. How often do we do this sort of thing in our lives? We always say we want to do God's will in our lives, and then he comes knocking at the door and asks something of us, but we say, God, I can't do that right now. I'm not capable of doing that. Are you sure you got the right person for that job? I've asked those questions. I think you might have missed it, God. It seems that Jeremiah felt disqualified for the job as well. We too have had these moments. Are we capable of doing such a thing? What do we say? We're not experienced. We don't feel that we have the right training for this. I felt that I was disqualified for the call of God on my life as well. I backslid for a while. I walked on my own. I really thought and felt that I missed it, that my opportunity had passed me by. I didn't go to school to train or get theological teaching. That's a big word, by the way. But in fact, the Bible says that God's call is irrevocable. And indeed, it's the call that qualifies me for the job. And he will sustain us and guide us. And he has equipped us to complete the task. We're truly amazed at this opportunity of being called to pastor the church in Nepal is even an opportunity that's before us. When God calls us, he isn't making a mistake. And for us to hesitate or refuse to obey is to act on the basis of unbelief and not faith. Faith does not make things easy, but it makes them possible. It's one thing for us to know our own weaknesses, but it's quite something else for us to say that our weaknesses prevent God from getting anything done. He doesn't make mistakes. He has our destiny sorted out before we're formed in our mother's womb. What is your response to what God is calling you to today? Are you being hesitant and reluctant to the call, whatever that looks like in your life? Next, we want to look at Jeremiah's equipping. The Lord prepared Jeremiah for the job. The Lord reached out his hand, touched his mouth, and said to him, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. And this is also true for us. We've moved around a fair bit in the last 20 years. But God has been in it all, directing and leading our paths along the way. We moved all the way from Newfoundland right out to the other end of the country, to Alberta. From Alberta back to Ontario. Where there we found our way back to the Lord. And in our season in Ontario, our pastor there sat in our living room one day and he said to us, he said, I can see you guys in the north working with the Aboriginal people. And we, like Sarah with Abraham, we laughed at him. And we said, yeah, right, like that'll ever happen. But God, he didn't forget. And he led us along a journey that brought us to Winnipeg. 
You see, Jeremiah was one of the most faithful and steadfast prophets in his time. God knew what he was up to when he farmed him. We came to Winnipeg out of obedience to God and believed that all would be well because we are going in the will of God. We brought a business with us that was to be our income. But it was a very tough market to break into. Work was very slow. I wasn't known, just a one-man guy. And it made for some very difficult and challenging times. We almost lost everything we had in possessions. We had to sell off a number of things, and it was rough. But God was with us. We drove our roots down deep. We stood on the promises of his word, and we pushed forward in faith. Because with him, we knew that all things were possible to those who believed. God was equipping us even in that season when we didn't even realize it, but he was equipping us for something greater. We found ourselves at Gateway after we were done serving at the inner city church. And here is where we met Pastor John and Val and Pastor Ron and Mary. We got knit into this church. We built relationships. And God began to work in me like I hadn't had before. I always desired to have a mentor in my life to teach me in the Word. To be a friend to me, to call me up in God, to be discipled, and this is what I've found in these men. They've been a true answer to my prayers for many, many years. I've learned to hear God in a greater capacity. I've been memorizing scripture. We've led house group together for the last couple of years. Being discipled and in turn, I've begun to disciple others. It's been a season of equipping and change for me, and it's all been in preparation for the call that was placed on my life from the very beginning. God didn't make a mistake, and I've come to learn by His grace I didn't miss the boat. Do I have it all together? Absolutely not. But God is preparing the way. He is doing the equipping because I am obedient and submissive to his instruction in my life, and I believe that great miracles, signs, and wonders will follow that. Ever since I was a teenager, I've been involved in ministry, whether it was leading a youth group, building a youth group, speaking, sitting on planning committees, women's ministries, and so on. Our season in Alberta was definitely an equipping season for me. I had three mentors who I have great respect for. They all played a significant um, part in my life. I remember one Sunday, just a year or so after I was out there, coming out of church, the pastor's wife looked at me, and she said, it must be really hard for you not doing what God has called you to do. I just looked at her. She said, call the office this week, and uh, when you got a chance, come out and see me. So I did. That led me to attending a ladies' Bible study which in turn, that lady became one of my mentors. A year or so later, that Bible study was passed over to me, and I had three wonderful years teaching that Bible study. I was also part of the executive for the women's ministry. I had opportunity to speak at different functions. I took a class of uh, sermon prep with our pastor out there, which all prepared me for our season here in Winnipeg. Then when we got here at the church we attended, 
Um, I headed up the women's ministry who I loved. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the ministry. Um, and we also did home group twice a week, That I thought, and I thought we would be there for the long haul. But then God started to stir us, making us feel it was time to make yet another move. One of the very clear words in that season is, your direction is not always your destination. So it was hard to leave, but we knew we had to, and we found ourselves here at Gateway. I truly enjoyed working with Mary and the team, getting blueprints up and running. That was another equipping time for me. Watching Mary lead, seeing how she functioned was a true blessing. And thank you, Mary, for allowing me to walk beside you. And our last point we want to draw attention to this morning is Jeremiah's sending. In this part of the scripture, we see God was sending him. He said, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God gave young Jeremiah three instructions. He said, go where I send you, speak what I command you, and don't be afraid of the people. Then he added a great word of promise. He said, for I am with you to deliver you. But if we notice, there was a condition attached to this encouraging promise. Jeremiah had to go where God sent him and speak what God told him to speak. He also had to believe God's promise and prove it by not fearing the people. It took obedience to the instruction of God. Sometimes God asks tall orders from us, and his desire is that we obey them because he wants what's best for us And he knows where our greatest blessing is, and that is in his perfect will for our lives. I feel this instruction and call to the paw is probably one of the biggest thus far on this journey of life and faith. God has really stepped up the game this time. It's huge. I didn't know the paw existed until Pastor John looked at me one day back here at the welcome cart. And he says, would you be willing to go up and do some work on the manse for us before we move in? Of course. I agreed. Yeah, sure. Packed up my truck, loaded it with tools, and off to the north I went for a full week. Well, that was the experience I didn't expect. I'll tell you that. I pulled into town, and the first thing my eyes fell on was the old Kentucky Fried Chicken Bucket. The old style one. And I took a picture of it right away and sent it to Sylvia. I said, look what's here. It was the old bucket, not the new one, the old one. It's been a long time since we've seen one of those. It's safe in the paw. But when I pulled into town, a heaviness came over me. It was like I drove under a huge cloud of heavy darkness. I started work that evening, and I began to have a headache, and I wrestled with that the whole time I was there and for several months afterwards. The week couldn't go fast enough for me to get out of there. I said to Pastor John on Saturday night before he went to bed, I said, see you later. I'll see you when you come down again. I'll be gone in the morning when you arise. And before seven, I was up, had my Timmy's coffee, and I was headed south. 
I didn't care if I ever seen the place anymore. That was it. But in February of 2017, the Micklefields called and said, would you like to come and take in the Trappers Festival? Sure. So we went for the long weekend. Took our family and off we went. Well, that was a flop that year because there was no snow up there. They had shut down all the dog races and all the events and stuff because there wasn't enough snow. So that was a total flop. So we left town on Monday, and the boys waved in the back window, See ya, Pa. We don't care if we ever see you anymore. It wasn't a place that either of us was attracted to. But again, we wanted to serve in whatever way God would have us to do so. So in April, we were invited to come and speak. We were going to help. We accepted, and Saturday morning I was awakened with two dreams. Five o'clock in the morning I woke, and I was having this dream. We were in the church on Saturday night preparing for Sunday morning. And they had built a new podium. But the podium was only this high. And I looked at the thing, and I thought, how in the world am I ever going to speak from that? If I put my notes down there, I'll never be able to see it. I'll have to get on my knees to be able to see it. I said, they must have built that thing for Pastor John. And I woke up. That was the end of that one. A half an hour later, I was awakened again. And it was a devil this time. And he was singing out to me, and he was saying, who do you think you are? Hey, what are you doing here? Who do you think you are? And he was throwing rocks at me, throwing these rocks at me. But they were coming, and they were falling all around me, and I could hear the rocks hitting the ground all around me. And there was one that came and just rubbed by my arm, just just nicked the arm. But everything just fell, and he was just following and singing out, hey, who do you think you are? What are you doing here? And I turned around and I looked and I just kept walking. It didn't, it didn't bother me. But you see, that's the promise that God gave Jeremiah. Don't be afraid. I am with you to deliver you. And in that dream, I didn't flinch. I didn't get upset. I didn't fear. I looked back and I just kept on walking. And I knew that I wouldn't be harmed. An unexpected trip came up in June and I went for overnight. Being that I was going, I took my guitar and helped with worship. Well, that morning, while I was there standing on the stage, looking out over, we were just paused for a moment in worship. And God showed me a picture. And in that picture, the church was full jammed, packed. Every pew in the place, there was people jammed in like this. They couldn't get their arms up because they were packed in too tight. And halfway down the aisles on each side, there was people standing, and they were just there like this. All the way down the aisles, across the back, and out the back doors, as far as I could see, there was people coming. And the place was full to capacity, overflowing. And I looked out and I saw this, and back in the foyer there was one man, his head stood above everybody else. And he was a bigger man, and he looked like he must have had a bit of a rough life in his earlier years. He was a little rugged around the face and around the eyes, and he had dark hair combed to the side. Very significant. I know when I see that man, I'll know who he is, because it was so clear to me. 
And there was generations, there was nations represented in this group of people. And I was standing there in awe because why in the world am I seeing all this? Why are you showing me? I got no intentions of coming here. But yet he was showing me these pictures. And I believe that all this time that you guys released Pastor John and Val to go to DePaul almost two years ago. And they went there and they've done a fabulous work in that time. And I believe God has prepared the ground and prepared the soil there for a great outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And I believe that we're going to witness the power of God like never before rain down in that place. And I believe he's about to pour out his glory upon us. And we're going to see that church transform. We're going to see that community transform. And we're going to see lives changed. We're going to see families restored. We're going to see broken hearts mended. And we're going to see people coming to Christ and set free and healed of bondage, of addiction, of infirmities, of afflictions, everything that keeps people bound. We're going to see things broken in Jesus' name. And he continued to show these things to us. And after I shared this with Sylvia, we began to inquire to the Lord, why are we experiencing these things? I needed a clear answer. God was working things in our hearts, and he was continuing to show us things, all these different things that he wanted to do. And it was a glorious picture of life-giving hope through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I asked the Lord, how are all of these things possible? How can these changes take place and be different than what it is today? Because in the phys- to the physical eye, you, you can't see that happening. It's just not possible. But I heard him, he said, my word will change things. That's how God created the earth. He spoke it into existence. The power of the word going forth will change the atmosphere for generations to come. And if we're obedient in what he instructs us to speak, he will, do the, he will do the greater. Josh came home one day on one of our summer visits. He says, I'm going to get a job up here. And we looked at each other and thought, what's that all about? This guy can't stand this place. So we watched. We didn't talk. We watched and we prayed. And God began to change our hearts. He began to change our boys' hearts. And he began to put a love in our heart for the church, for the community, and for the people. It truly is a miracle of God. We didn't see where any of this could even be possible because when when we were asked if we ever saw ourselves living there, it was a very dominant no. We ain't going. Simple as that. We had a business partnership that dissolved. We inherited a huge debt through that process, which is a mountain that's been before us. But by faith, God is providing a way out for us. So I needed to know if this is what you have for us, God, in this season. I need confirmation. Even though we've had these other things, I need to hear you specifically myself. I need to know. And on my way here... One Sunday morning, last October, to lead worship, 7 o'clock in the morning, I was at the stop sign on Regent Avenue, right at the corner of 
Pizza Hotline in Transcona. I don't know the crossroad. But right there, I heard the Lord as clear as day. He said, you are my chosen one. My words I have put on your lips. Now go in the authority and anointing that I have given you and proclaim the good news. This scripture was nowhere near my mind. But it was God bringing it all into the light. That was it. I didn't need to hear anymore, but the clincher was in December. We left here the first Sunday in December on our way home from church, and we were going to DePaul the next weekend. And a voice comes out of the back seat. He says, I can't wait for this week to go. It won't go fast enough so we can go to DePaul on the weekend. That was a clincher because my response when asked if I would go to the Paul to pastor the church was always that God would have to confirm it through Jaden. And we saw it happen. God did a mighty transformation in all our hearts. And we're so very grateful for it. When we went to the Paul in February, it definitely wasn't a place that I would want to move to. I couldn't see myself living there. The best part about going to DePaul was visiting Pastor John and Val because we just loved spending time with them. We ended up going back in April, and while we were there, I felt the Lord speak to me while we were in church. We went back to the house, and I asked Jason if the Lord spoke to him. His reply was, no, he didn't. I said, you didn't hear anything? No, I never heard anything. Was I supposed to? I guess you must have, did you? I said, yeah, I said, I think we're supposed to come here once a month. His response was, I think you've lost your mind. Do you realize how far this is to commit to coming once a month? I said, maybe you should ask the Lord about it. That was the end of that discussion. My thinking was just simply go help out Pastor John and Val. That was it. So after that, Jason ends up going back in June. Then that was the start of the once a month without even realizing it, what was going on, it was happening. But our only reason was simply to go to help out. When we went up in July, I started seeing myself building a women's ministry up there. I was getting ideas of visions of what could be done. I saw myself out in the town giving out invitations and putting up posters. Ideas for messages were coming alive in me. But I didn't understand why I was seeing all of this. We had no plans of moving up there. But I was feeling that God wanted to awaken the place. I was seeing the women come alive and becoming a woman of purpose for his purpose. God was changing my heart by putting a vision and a passion there. As we continued our trips and we started connecting with more people up there, uh, we really began to love the people and the place. We found ourselves talking about the place, the church, and we just kind of stopped and said, why are we talking like this? This is how we were talking when God was setting us up to move to Winnipeg. That was a little scary. Still, we didn't think we would be moving there, but it was always on our minds, a huge part of our conversation and our prayers. 
August came, and once again, we found ourselves as a family in the paw again. Things were changing. Our hearts were changing. When we come down from there, we went to a, on a family vacation where God really began to speak. We had not had a conversation with the boys about how we were feeling about the place because we really didn't know what was going on. But after we got back from our vacation one night, Jason and Jaden had already gone to bed. And Josh and I were sitting on the couch. And he began to share with me the vision that God had given him for the paw. Tears started to stream down my face because he was sharing with me what God had already been sharing with us. God was putting a passion in all of our hearts with vision. I really began to ask God what he was saying. It felt impossible for us to actually move there. And it definitely looked impossible for us to go and pastor the church there. But the passion kept growing and the vision kept coming. We continued our monthly visits and it came to the point where we had no choice but sit down with Pastor John and Val and just tell them, like, this is what we're seeing, this is how we're feeling. We were thinking that they would say that it was impossible, but they didn't. They just simply asked us questions and listened to every word we had to say. So it got to the point where we sat down as a family and had our discussion. I got Josh to tell Jason the vision he had. Jason was amazed that it was the same thing that we had. We opened up about our concerns, our questions, our fears, our thoughts. And the conclusion that we came to is that this is undeniably God. But I want to tell you, just because God speaks don't mean it's easy. We got to step out of the boat. Our lives as we know it on July 3rd will no longer be the same. We are putting our whole life behind us. Because we have to step out and look to God and say, God, here we are. What do we do? We are entering a foreign land. He has to put the words in our mouth. He has to give us a step-by-step plan to carry out the vision that he has given us. Is it scary? Oh, yeah. It's very scary. But it's scarier to step out of the will of God than it is to step into something that is beyond us. We have got to live in a place where we reverence God and fear him, allowing our passion to drive us and to uh, carry out what he has for us. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? We have got to realize that the Holy Spirit lives in us. He guides us. He protects us. He teaches us. And when we step out of the boat and we walk on the water, we are looking at, when we're looking at him, he's taking us and he's directing us. It doesn't matter what God is calling you to do. Step out and he will be there. He will be your protector. Is it scary? Absolutely. Is it beyond your comfort zone? You better believe it. But it is, will be the best place that you could ever be in. Because it is where God, where your protection is. It is where your blessing is. It is where you will grow leaps and bounds. And it doesn't matter what age you are. If God is speaking, we better be moving. Yeah. So with that, in just two more weeks, 
we'll be packing up and heading north with more than a truckload. It's humbling. It's honoring. It's fearful. It's exciting. It's all sorts of emotions. But we know that God is in it, and he will go with us and before us because he has confirmed it through his word. And maybe as we're speaking today, you might be sitting here and thinking, this is something like what God has said to me, not necessarily to go to Paul, but maybe God has called you to something. Maybe there's a business adventure that he's calling you to. Maybe there's a job position that's come up and, and it's something you've been desiring, but for some reason you're fearful about stepping. Maybe it's reaching out to your neighbor or your coworker. Maybe he's asking you to get more involved in the local church here, get connected with this family. Maybe he might be asking you to join the worship team or the children's ministry or maybe step up and lead a home group. I don't know what that call is like on your life. I don't know what he's asking you to do. I don't know what he's bringing to your attention. But he has formed you and he's created you for something great. And he wants to see you fulfill your purpose, your destiny, and reach your destination. Will you say yes to his call today?